Tori, were you saying something? Uh, is there a reason why... Did fate poop out robes? What? Wait, what? I want to take one second to send Turner a hearty fuck you for this episode's intro. It wasn't even about you wanting to fuck cowboys, Jazz. <laughs> I was, is Tori in another location again? As soon as she came on, I went, this is location number seven. We have got to get this shit down. Yeah, I'm getting, last time I, you guys uh, saw when I was like halfway through the kill, and this time I haven't even started. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't look good for 2006, doesn't look good for 2012 either. You are a fan of Underworld. I feel like you have no reason to complain. Underworld is excellent. It looks terrible. It looks terrible. Whoa, hold on. I don't know if excellence the word I would use. Slow down. Slow down. Do not breeze past that factoid. First of all, let's appreciate this is Jamie's move. Like when put into pressure, Jamie totally <laughs> will light somebody else on fire in self-defense. I appreciate it. I respect it. <laughs> it. In this particular case, once again, successful maneuver. Yeah. Every time. What? Ireland? He loves it. The first time in the world is excellent. What? He loves it. I'm not mad at him about this. First time in the world is excellent. After that, it's trash. And the series isn't that great. Mm -hmm. how, how many of them have you seen? All of them. And they don't get good. They, they don't get better. They just... I, I, Would you say the CG is good, though, in any of them? Yes. Oh, hey, check this out. Underworld was subject to a copyright infringement lawsuit by White Wolf Incorporated and Nancy Collins, claiming the setting was too similar to the Vampire the Masquerade and Werewolf the Apocalypse games, Ooh. both set in the World of Darkness setting. Hmm. Uh, so it has TTRPG ties. And to the Sonya Blue Vampire no novels, White Wolf filed 17 counts of copyright infringement claimed over 80 points of unique similarity between White Wolf's gaming systems and the film, one of those points being that vampires in Underworld drink blood. Okay, come on. What the fuck? Yeah, come on. That's not very good. <laughs> but like wine, I'm guessing? <laughs> That's not a very good argument. <laughs> not a good argument. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gimme the Loot podcast, the TTRPG podcast whose release schedule is so consistent, you can set your watch to it. Specifically in the event that I make any kind of announcement about our release schedule, because inevitably that triggers some cosmic or technological event, which will cause a major delay of some kind 100% of the time. So batting a thousand on that, at least. My name's Turner. I'll be your dungeon master and host of pre, mid, and post-show announcements. Until somebody finally realizes the strange, mystical, fortune-telling properties I have when it comes to bizarro world productions of release scheduling and uses me to somehow figure out the lottery numbers by anti-guessing when the next JTP episode will be released, which I, I guess I really should be fairly compensated for. Hey! Season 3, Episode 7. The Evaluative Derby begins in earnest. If you're a new listener, welcome. Great place to jump on. Better place to jump on might be six episodes ago, but it's cool. Go back, listen to those. We'll wait here. The rest of you don't mind if like, we record like uh, six hours of dead air for everybody else to catch up. It's a fair thing to do. No? You would just have to hit forward a whole bunch? Fuck. Okay. We'll move on. Because look, if you're a returning listener, 
Welcome back. We sincerely appreciate you too. And of course, a special thank you to our patrons whose donations to the show help us bring you bigger and better content. And if you don't believe me, just listen to how much less I cringe listening to this episode than the weird mental spiral I go down to when I listen to episodes from season one. If you'd like to find out what they get for supporting the show, including some of the options in the upcoming loot drop this month, hang out afterwards. The show, not the announcement. I mean, I know you're new, but come on, it should be implied. Of course, a reminder, Gimme the Loop, not a family-friendly show due to a mix of sleepy snarkiness, profanity, crude humor, gore, squirrel warlocks, goblin mini-golf, and extremely narrow-casted references. Any additional content warnings will be in the show notes below. Hey, gang, I, I know we've been talking a lot about ReedyUnited.org in Season 3, and we absolutely encourage anyone who hasn't taken the time to visit yet to head over there to see what they can do to help participate in combating the epidemic of gun violence we currently face in the U.S. But I would be absolutely remiss, as somebody who has a platform that some people actually listen to, to not express my absolute disappointment in the recent rulings from the Supreme Court. And the reason that I bring them up, and the reason why they're causing disappointment, but not despair, is they are a fabulous signpost of the stakes that we face in the upcoming election, and a reminder of what happens when the wrong person gets in power. This next election is going to be really tight. Every vote's going to matter. So anytime something happens that's going to be a big reminder of what we need to do, I can't not say something. So we still got a ways to go. Stay focused, let's get involved, let's participate, and let's remember, it doesn't take much to be better heroes than the parties of five. Here's our chance. On that note, let's start the show. And we are back with the party of five. I am Tori, and I play Maury. My name is Phil, and I give all my boogers to Lil. (laughs) 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 You know, the funny thing is, is like... In the recorded sessions, Tori's spot on with her intro every time. In the live stream, it's like her first day. It's like her first day. There's just the one exception, and I I just think it's every time that it's going to be backwards. Is when it doesn't matter, you're spot on. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's the compliment I'm paying. Yeah. yeah. And I am Harlan. I play Todd the Tiefling, a.k.a. T-O-double-D, a.k.a. Your favorite bounty hunter's favorite bounty hunter, a.k.a. The Todd Father, a.k.a. Todimus Prime, a.k.a. Your MVT, bringing that BTE. Todd! Ah! He's the greatest of the universe. I hate it so much. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> no, I do. I really do. I, it's, the, it's, the, it's the song, ah, every time that gets me. It just ah. works, man. I can't believe it took us this long to get that in there. But. <laughs> oh, boy. Fucking works. And, okay. Well, uh, I am Jamie. I play Eldrin Cineros. And uh, did you know that what we actually know is pixie dust is, in fact, made up of mostly pixie skin and dander. Pixies are naturally born with chronic psoriasis. And their dust is actually the scales of their skin that falls off from them scratching. It's disgusting. Also, surprising fact, the the, the treat known as pixie sticks is actually 90% sugar, 10% pixie skin. <laughs> I knew that. And now you know. I knew that. Yeah. yeah. So if you have eczema, you're a pixie. Am I fae? 
Because you're picking. I do have I do have eczema as well, but yeah. Now <laughs> the FDA only requires the Fiend and Dragon administration only requires ten percent of any monster part be in any monster branded food. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's the acceptable amount of yeah. monster parts. Too much pixie meat and it's not good. No, pixie meat's a whole other separate thing, right? <laughs> They've got grades for that. <laughs> and so you, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's important, like, you can't get fucking leprechaun meat and call it pixie meat because that's it's like mm. a whole Wagyu fucking Kobe situation. Mm. You know, champagne, mm-hmm. sparkling wine, pixie meat, leprechaun meat. It's a whole, mm-hmm. they, they get into it. So. <laughs> Did you did you did you sigh in disappointment before your intro? <laughs> <laughs> the sigh, the fucking sigh. <laughs> He's like, this is gonna suck. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know, like every fucking goddamn comedian who has a great opening fucking lead in act is like, oh god, these guys have totally left the room fucking cold for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no wait that's the opposite of what good comedians do sorry my mistake <laughs> Woo. get back in character get back in get it get it get it get it. <laughs> <laughs> yep 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 nope let's go all right uh, all right all right i'm jazz i play fate and um hoping that you know we can add some extra dice to this game you know, maybe like a D100 roll somewhere through here because uh, I've recently learned that I prefer leaving things up to chance. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> okay. That was just the amount of trash. Yeah, I just... <laughs> <laughs> That was just the amount of trash, just the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's amount of poop. Is is rope poop? <laughs> Poops out. <laughs> it's like, hey kids, I know this is a long hike uphill to get to the scenic overlook, but it'll be worth it. We- oh nope, it's closed. It's closed. <laughs> turn, turn back around. We walked up all those stairs, and Mount Bunnell is closed. Fuck, let's go home. That's what that was. In intro form. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Anthony, who plays Baba Tunde. All right. So we pick up uh, outside of the Fields of Madness at the starting line for the Evaluative Derby. After inventing a new and slightly weird, strange form of intercontinental teleportation, the group made their way back to the Winnemajo, road-tripped home with minimal incident, and were able to scooch back into Taliesin found that Ognum's warehouse slash cottage slash lab was being staked out by Paladins of Trithurion after a combination of magic, poultry, and <laughs> like some really hardcore foley work. They were able to slip in. Ognum was able to locate where his body is being stored in the center of the Field of Madness, which lined up with the access that is currently granted to that area for the Evaluative Derby. The group at that point finally remembered that they had a reason for this whole encounter to exist because Harland owed a magical promise to a mechanic named Ham Jam Gillum for the work on his Todd cycle, bringing them back to her garage where she enlisted them as the driver and passenger crew team for her entry, the Todd wagon, in the Evaluative Derby this year. Because it's a really heavy-handed metaphor. Okay, so uh, the group found themselves, uh, <laughs> after fine-tuning their cart, they lined up and eyed the competition and are ready to go. So real quick, just from a uh, overall positioning standpoint, the Todd cycle is hitched into the wagon through a complicated pulley and 
multi-jointed hitch situation. So it's like these fenders and almost like a roller coaster bar situation come back down over the back end of the Todd cycle and lock into place, almost making it look like a little bit of a tricycle. It gives it kind of a wider base. And then there are two support cables that come right around to the front to it. So it almost merges into one vehicle. Like the front of the Todd cycle is basically backed right up to the front of what we've described as a Conestoga wagon, assuming everybody knew what those were. We did not. Exposing a weird blind spot I had on prairie modes of transportation awareness is a large wagon with a slightly curving upside, open, no canopy on the back for y'all's wagon. So Todd has got to drive the Todd cycle. Mm -hmm. The other four of you will be positioned in the wagon at one of the corners. So going around from front left to front right to rear right to rear left, give me your positioning, please. Well, I assume Todd's driving, so. That's what was said, yes. Yeah, well, yes, yes, obviously. Yep, <laughs> that was that was established. Is that front left? Yeah, he was going front left. This will be relevant for a couple of reasons. Number one, there are environmental hazards that will be on certain sides of the cart and certain people might be more subject to them than the others. Obviously, your competitors aren't necessarily going to just be racing you. This is a full contact race, which means where you're at may determine line of fire, line of sight, and who can react to other interactions with competitors on the track. And then finally, there is a little bit of a balance issue if two people get blown off one side of the cart and Todd goes to try and take a hard Mm. uh, right or a left at that point with the cart being unbalanced it can potentially impact his driving checks. Mm. Rear right is where fate's going. Okay. Maury's going to give Todd a a boop (laughs) on the nose and cast Cat's Grace. So you'll have advantage on dexterity checks. And I'll hop in the back. Back left then? Yeah. Okay. So that leaves front right and front left. I will I will take the right side. That leaves front left for Baba. So I got we got Todd in the in the driver's seat. Which is in the middle, right? Well, yeah, which is in the middle. Like imagine a square. Yep. Right? Like a like a wagon with That's exactly what I wrote. With you being centered in the front of it. Like a three-wheeler, like what was it, the 80s three-wheelers that we all rode that flipped over and killed half of us? The big red three-wheeler. Pack the <laughs> uh, big wheels. Big, big, big wheels. wheels. Those things were hella dangerous. Dude, dude, they were so fun. Rolled over so many times on those. It's amazing I'm not dead. Because <laughs> you went up like on a 10 degree incline. It would flip over backwards. <laughs> then the cart is is like clicked into the back of it. So it does seem like one solid vehicle. Wait, so the Todd cycle is a three-wheel cycle, like an old person? No, it's a, it's a motorcycle. Okay. Uh, but the way that it's backed into and the way that the frame clicks around it. Got it. Think of like two big wheel well fenders that curve around and kind of lock down on each side of it, giving you a broader wheelbase at the back. It doesn't actually have a wheel there. It just provides some extra protection. It makes it a little bit easier for somebody to go from the cart to the Todd cycle if, if necessary. So I got to get busy in the back. Hey, now. Well, I mean- you know, if that's what you all want to do with this, then that's certainly your call. I didn't I didn't mean busy like that. Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We know Todd didn't mean it that way. <laughs> so you guys have got your positioning. The one thing that I don't think has been discussed is what's the plan for getting into the tower to get Ognum's body out? As you're sitting there huddled up pre-race as Ham Jam does some last minute checks. Oh, okay, we're gonna get this balanced out and eyeing fade up and down and going, mm, yeah, he looks like he's gained a little bit weight since last time. So I'm going to jack Whoa. this one up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. And starts working on the suspension. What are y'all's thoughts on how you're going to get Ognum's body out? The racetrack moves in a clover leaf pattern. The Field of Madness is a 
field of altered reality from the magical overload of a particularly potent bag of beans. There are a number of environmental hazards. The racetrack runs in a cloverleaf pattern once going through it. Three leaf or four leaf? East to west, and then it loops around and goes south to north. So you will pass by the tower once on the first leg and then a second time. So you'll go east to west, you'll pass by it, and then south to north, you'll pass by it before coming back around to the finish line. Do we know how tall the tower is that we're looking to get in? Or? I think we established it was uh, 80 feet tall last time. Are there stairs? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying me and Baba can just climb like pretty easy. So maybe we should just hop out and go grab this thing. And then Baba's going to wear full armor. Does Mori need to go with us? That's right. Oh. Just a pair of lips appear Ugh. in Mori's forehead and goes, Nope. Mori, crouch, crouch down a little bit. I don't I don't want anyone to see this. We might be being watched. Hold on one moment. I don't think you really even crouch down, Mori. I think you just kind of blob down a little bit. Yeah, I can put, a, I put the hat on just hovering above <laughs> my head. <laughs> uh, Ognum's face kind of plorps out a little bit on top of her head and goes, um, no, I don't, uh, you've got to get my body and get it back to my lab for me to put myself back in there. But there is actually something I can do to help a little bit. Everybody, if you would, join hands just really quickly. Trust me, this will work out perfectly. Maurice sploots out four hands. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Wait, four. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, so it's just like, I guess we do this. Baba grabs hands. Do we all grab <laughs> those hands? <laughs> <laughs> Gelatinous hands. We grab. We grab. Fate like very gingerly puts out one finger and just like, uh, yeah. Uh, do we, they're just hands. No arm. It's still odd. <laughs> <laughs> it's too many hands. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they're like. <laughs> This is an extra mouth in the middle of your forehead. This is just, this, nothing's right. But I'm, I'm, I'm participating though. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Slap hands. <laughs> Maury, we talked about your pentahedron shard kind of floating around your body somewhat freely. Where, mm-hmm. where would it be positioned right now from a lava lamp standpoint? Um, I think probably if I've got Ognum's kind of face at the, towards the top and then just just hands out kind of like the center, maybe in between the face and the hands. Okay, right around the uh, the clavicle area. Yeah. You get you see the pentahedron shard spin a little bit, and then this silver lightning arcs out through it, and again, gives the illusion of Mori having a vascular system, and then it streaks into each one of you all, disappearing. Everybody's pentahedron shields flare up, and you all experience an incredibly uncomfortable tingling situation mm. it does not feel good at all as usual you shouldn't have trusted ognum why the fuck as you all kind of jump back at that point having feeling like you've stuck your fingers in a light socket his face molds back out again and you can tell he f- that took something out of him it took a little bit of energy he goes now that i've actually been so in contact with the shard as part of what i'm living in I th- i've got a little bit of an idea of how to manipulate it some more I've slightly modified how your distance interaction works. You guys can be further apart now, but the side effects... Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Hey. Side effects. Just a little wiggle. The side effects. Side effects. No, no. Side effects. Wake up. You should start off with the... From now on, we should start off side effects before giving us nothing for. Wake up. (laughs) He has melted back into unconsciousness and is unavailable for the remainder of the race, having exhausted all of his energy modifying the distance requirement of your shard in some way, which will allow you to be further apart, asterisks.
Oh, gentlemen, I, I'm really, I'm really tired of him listing off things that are what he calls side effects. They really seem to be more of effects, actually, and <laughs> just the primary effects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all feel that tingle? Y- yeah. Tingle? What? T- no, that hurt. No, it was, it was, it was definitely a tingle. A little uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you think, you think this will, you think this will be solved by Tux? You think Tux will help us <laughs> with that little tingling sensation? <laughs> <laughs> Depending on where it is. Uh... Todd looks to camera. <laughs> <laughs> when... <laughs> Champagne Pank has got one of those wallpapering brushes and is wallpapering the Tux medicated pads. <laughs> <laughs> so they sit on the wagon wheels so it looks like you guys are riding on four wheels made out of giant tux medicated pads nice <laughs> oh my god mm, yes i say given that we don't uh need Odin's body then it makes sense for me and Eldrin to uh to scale the tower and and retrieve his body we don't need uh fate definitely can't climb well enough <laughs> uh i don't know about uh you maury do you like to climb uh if I've ever tried, I could try. Mm. Yeah, maybe we got it. I think we got it. Yeah, I think think we got it. Maybe not a good time to experiment. (laughs) Do we have, are we trying to win this? Yes. Well, Todd definitely is. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Ham Jam cocks her head at you more and goes, "Uh, yeah, so um, kind of, yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is largely a broader engineering and scientific experiment to examine, you know, a number of things, but uh, yeah, there's a there's a prize. But ultimately, you win. Ultimately, yeah, you win a prize if you come in first. I like prizes. Yeah, and second yeah. and third. Like there's you know <laughs> there's like a bronze and a gold and a silver and uh, but not in that order. <laughs> yes, in this world, fantasy bronze is first place. Fuck you. And then it's silver <laughs> and then gold. <laughs> There's just so much gold everywhere. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> gold is just all over the place. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. So, so we'll just jump off the cart when we get around there and then we'll grab the body and we'll uh, lower it down and then we'll, uh, you guys will just scoop us back up on the next lap, right? Do we wait and beep? Well, I guess, I guess I was trying to think, I don't like my range guy leaving the cart. You got, you got a fireballing nuclear yeah, he d- wizard bomb. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You're good you have two spellcasters with you yeah until he burps and, and farts out chance <laughs> oh yeah well and then, then, I'm, then, I'm, then I'm screwed. let's let's hope that doesn't happen uh you will have to keep him calm then <laughs> excuse me todd but I, I don't appreciate the the disrespect that you're bringing in my direction but and i just want to say that chance would like it even less and then um you might have to uh Catch these hands. <laughs> not those hands. Definitely not those hands. Those hands are quite uh, pedicured. And, uh, he pedicured his hands? <laughs> manicured. Okay. I was just going to say. Yes. Yes. He likes to go to the nail salon and put his hands in the, the, the in the foot bath. The foot thing. Sits on the massage <laughs> chair and puts his hands in the foot part. Put, puts the toenails on his fingers. and <laughs> Those hands look like they've, been, they've got paraffin wax on them. So I don't. I don't, I'm not worried about those hands, sir. I don't know. That's just my ooze. Mm. Yeah. All of your hands look like they have paraffin wax on them at this point. All of them. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is it okay to have the ooze on our skin? Like, we're not going to, like, dissolve or anything, right? Yeah. She's not, like, acidic or anything. I'll come back. Just, it's just coming back. It's just, like, if, if you look closely, it actually hasn't left me, and it's, like... Oh, it's slowly retracting? 
Mm. Uh, you know, like the slap hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of, and then from the little uh, the machines with the yeah uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got a real thin strand of Maury still like. <laughs> yep, and <it> just. <laughs> <laughs> the lightning thing did something weird. Real gummy. Did you know? We're we sitting on the same side of the cart. No. No. Technically, yes. Maybe we should. Oh, uh, we're on the opposite sides and they'll stay balanced though. Yeah. But y'all in the front. You're at the front. Yeah. Y'all are both at the front. So you're then you're back heavy. You're good. <laughs> yeah, you got all the weight where the traction's supposed to be. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that tracks. Chins. <laughs> that tractions. Pedal to the metal, guys. Pedal to the metal, commander. Nobody. Nobody. So does it become more of a twisted metal style than a Mario Kart style? What do you mean by that? It seems like it's death race. It seems like it's death carts. And <laughs> I got I got weapons on this cart. Did you? I feel like the weapons that were in the the list of items were all very uh, Mario Kart. Uh, you talk about us. I've got weapons on my cart. Do you? As in you guys? <laughs> yes, as in you guys. Fireballs coming from my cart. You do know that Mario throws fireballs, the the mage Mario. You want me to rapid fire some firebolts out there? So the camera pans out, swoops back, and we cut to heist plan recap scene. (sighs) Walk me through the plan of uh, and and discuss it between each other as if you were running through the steps of your heist that you're about to pull off. Uh, So I'm guessing that you guys are just going to jump off of the moving cart when we get close. We would. Yes, that tracks. Going 130 Uh, feet per second, miles per hour. What are we going with here? Because Depending on, you just can't jump out of a vehicle going that fast. No, so, I mean, we've done okay. similar things with okay. downward velocity. I think we could slow it down with uh, some some teleportation, perhaps. That's fine. How do we get back in? Because I'm not slowing down for anyone. Okay, so 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 you're saying... So, <laughs> there's this... Speed is of the essence. <laughs> so let's figure out how you're going to get back on the the the, the Todd Rod <laughs> at, at 130. I don't ever want to be on the Todd Rod ever. Please do not call it that. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to say that I will get on the Todd Rod. <laughs> listen, listen. That's what it is. Listen. <laughs> Listen, listen. Uh, I, I thought it was the Todd cycle. I do not like it. Listen, Linda. No. <laughs> what? Todd Rod. Everyone knows it's the Todd Rod. It's Todd Wagon. No, you can, that's the back part. Okay. So you, if you want to get on the Todd Wagon, you be, go ahead. <laughs> the Todd Rod is what I sit on. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Todd sits on the Todd Rod. We heard her here first, guys. He he heard it before it got all the way out of his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Listen. Listen. That explains so much. And we had him pegged wrong the entire time. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) That tail? Mmm. Not real. Butt plug. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that explains why the pants are so tight and it doesn't slip off. <laughs> <laughs> Lost his tail at a very young age. It's been a butt plug ever since. That's what we're going to say. That's why you can't keys to the keys. <laughs> <laughs>
Right. So you will drive by. Eldrin and Baba will jump off under the logic of we've jumped off stuff up high before and dealt with it. <laughs> Jumping off something moving fast down low is pretty much the same thing, right? Okay, check. <laughs> Let's have a real conversation. All you got to do is roll and it disabsorbs the damage, right? <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I'm sorry. You are committed to that logic. That is too good to not commit to. <laughs> Todd loops around, drives back, and at which point Eldrin and Baba. Do you guys remember anything about the tower from your time here previously? Is this the tower that we found Echo in? Is that? Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Okay. So we came in the top. Yes. We came in from the top. We have to unscrew the top. Fell the fold down to the bottom. We unscrewed the thing and uh, went, and that is the, that is where my memory ends. <laughs> then we had to drop down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what is the plan to remount the Todd rod? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. uh, gentlemen, I've got, I've got something for this. I've got, I've, I've got this new, do you have made, do you have magic? I, I, I do have magic actually. I've got this new spell I've been working on. And um, as long as you're able to get the, uh, the, the, the Ognum's body out of the tower, I should be able to, um, Help get it onto the, the, the cart or into the wagon. Do you have to be more specific? Do we have to get back on the wagon? Wait, just the body or us as well? <laughs> you have to be more specific on his... Th- <laughs> well, I assumed that as long as I'm taking care of the body, I think you could get yourselves back onto the onto the wagon, yes? You tell me, you just in a spell. What counts as a win? <laughs> wagon going across the finish line? Yes, exactly. What are the win conditions? The the wagon traveling across the finish line. Okay. You can't like teleport it across the finish Like the wagon has to make it uh, across the finish line under the power of its engine uh, for it to be considered a win. Plus or minus however many people it started with. The wagon. <laughs> okay. The wagon. Perfect. Under the, the power of its own engine mm-hmm. has to cross the finish line. So worst case scenario, we don't get back on. Okay. And then you guys just have less. You walk through the fi- field of madness? Yeah, that's, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> uh, yes, I will, I will not be traveling on foot through the field of madness. That doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> <laughs> As you guys say that in the background, these weird tentacles erupt from behind the wall and just wrap around one of the spectators sitting in the stand and pull them back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear, oh! That settles that. Uh, we will be getting back on the car. <laughs> Have we seen these tentacles before? No. You said just magic. You didn't even explain to us what you would be doing. It's a surprise! <laughs> what, what spell would you be using? I will be fiddling my fingers and then you will, <laughs> you will, you will end up on the Actually, Todd? Todd? Yes. (laughs) No, 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 not yes. Because no good heist recap scene doesn't include one guy going, yeah, no, I got it. It's cool. (laughs) We're going to go with it because again, that's what the fucking assignment was. That's the work that he turned in. <laughs> Danny Ocean would not have allowed that to go, <laughs> to go through. Danny Ocean is a thief, not a bounty hunter. And Todd is a bounty hunter. We are thieves, sir. We are thieves right now. <laughs> God, now this just feels like a cheap tie-in. Okay. <laughs> Luckily, this won't be out for nine months. All right. So you guys are going to drive by. Bob and Eldrin are going to hop off. May have to slow down. Get to the top of the tower. Get Ogham's body out of the tower, at which point, hopefully the Todd cycle is back around, and then Fate's going to do some magic, and then you guys are going to cross the finish line. Uh, so uh, how many turns will it take us to get back around to them? Like, how, like what's the distance in time between drop-off 
and come back. Whoo, okay. All right. It's time for counting scales on a macro fashion. Oh boy. I, I'm just, Can we climb the tower faster than this? No, no. This is this is a legitimate question that he had the wherewithal to ask. I will explain to you the course distance. It's a weird question, but uh, from the tower to the first turn is 450 feet. Then that outer loop is about 650 feet. Then the south to north leg is um Oh, no, hold on. Let me, re- let me recenter my calibration device here. <laughs> yeah, let's go. That's uh, it's 375 to the tower in the middle. Then it kind of forks there a little bit. So let's say, assuming you went to the right. So with 375 to the tower, then uh, about 875 to the outside turn. And then uh, coming back around to the finish line, about at 1625. Okay, so it's only, it's only, it's okay. It's one lap around the whole thing. We get one turn. Yeah, we're just, you're just doing one lap. So you start where you're at and then about uh, 325 feet in, there's a fork. You got to make, decide whether you're going to go right or going to go left. Mm -hmm. If you guys see those glowing yellow boxes, those are the prize boxes. We talked about what those were in the past. Mm -hmm, If you mm -hmm. drive through one of those or smash them or grab them somehow, they're floating there. And they are these golden crates that seem to be hovering a little bit in the air, clearly made out of wood, easy to smash, but they're floating there. As you guys are getting ready and Ham Jam's pointing them out, you see a race official walk up and hit one with a sledgehammer. It explodes open. A glowing orb falls out. He picks it up. It turns into what looks like a lightning bolt almost before he throws it up in the air. It disappears. And then the crate magically, almost as if time reverses itself, slurps back together and reappears as a full crate. Hmm. The crates take one round to re- regenerate. And the number of crates that you see indicated on the map are the number of crates that are there. So if somebody gets to it before you, and like if you guys all of a sudden start off and get a bad start, it's entirely possible you could not get access to a bonus item in that, that first pass. Hmm. That's why we have the acceleration, so we're good. What are our stats again? Yeah, so you guys went with a three on your uh, your top speed, which puts your top movement ratio... Hang on, let me... Yeah, let me just go pull up my old slide rule here. Your top movement speed at 135... Which, if you know, when we start doing this, the math starts to get weird. We'll get mysteriously rounded up to 140. And then your handling, you guys put a two in, which gives you a plus two on driving checks. And then you guys put a four in impellability, which lets you get up to full speed within two rounds. And then you put a zero on traction, which gives you no bonus to saving throws should anything go wrong. And then a one on special, which lets you add one to your special roll when you drive through the prize boxes. Because the higher you roll on that D8 roll, the more powerful that that item might be. <laughs> what's the term? You said driving checks. What's 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 the ability on driving checks? Oh, you'll see. <laughs> ah, okay. So going back into the mechanics. So Todd, as a driver, will be doing dexterity checks. Or what's your dexterity bonus currently? Plus four. Your driving checks, you'll get a plus four, no proficiency bonus or anything like that, just a flat plus four to a driving check. The initial one will happen at the start to see if you get a good jump off the line. Then anytime that you are making a maneuver or picking which fork in the road, you'll be you have to do a driving check. Certain obstacles that you will encounter will make you do a driving check. Perhaps getting hit by one of the opponent's items could make you do a driving check. There are a number of things that can trigger it. I cast Cat's Grace on him, enhanced ability to give him advantage on dexterity checks. That will give him advantage on most of those dexterity checks, 
except for the first one. I'll explain why in a minute. Someone else is cheating. We got someone's dick dastardying us. <laughs> now, see, what happens when I don't commit to three other shows is I have time to go back and reread all my notes and remember all the rules and shit <laughs> that I set up for you guys. So we'll talk about why Todd would have had disadvantage on that first check had Maury not cast Cat's Grace on him. <laughs> you guys aren't sure why Todd decided to put on cat ears and whiskers to get going, and he hasn't noticed that they're there, <laughs> but uh, everybody's you know, walking by him and going, hey, meow, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it? He doesn't pick up on it at all. Actually, Todd, give me an insight check. Let's, let's see if you pick up on it. Does he look like the My Hero click? <laughs> yes. Enhanceability, cosplay... Oh, I love it. <laughs> At disadvantage, because people are being nice to Todd. He would definitely not question it. 12. So that's a 12. And give me the second one. Oh, 21. 21. So we're going with the 12. You don't pick up on it. You think everybody just thinks you're a cool dude. He's a cool cat. What did I have to get to pass? <laughs> DC 15. You know it's a 15. Mm. <laughs> the tail just really adds something. <laughs> Do I have anything that would have given take me a flat roll? No, you're not getting to pass that date, goddammit, Harlan. <laughs> Some of them you just go with, all right? All right. All right. You guys have got the outline of a plan, it feels like. Yeah. Is there anything, uh, any questions before we get this thing started? Guys, I may slow down if y'all need it. I, okay. I have one more question. Mm -hmm. Does the structural integrity of Agno's body have to be like pristine? <laughs> like if we dropped him from the tower, would it be okay? Or do the bones have to be all, you know, I mean, still... He he is indeed already dead. He can't die anymore. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's already dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have, has Maury seen what his body is in? No. Okay. No. Nobody, nobody knows what the situation with his body is other than it's in there. So he could just have a loose corpse. Yeah. He could just be, he could be in a sack. He could be. Could be in a bag. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Dismembered in a sack. Got it. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out. I think. Fingers crossed for just like a bag of dust. Yeah. <laughs> bag of goo. will be fine. <laughs> Easy. I'm not going to answer that question, but you can certainly inquire to uh, <laughs> your two learned teammates to see if they might be able to answer a question on that. That might prompt a roll. What, what? Maury and Fate might be able to do a medicine or arcana check to have an idea of how structurally intact a body needs to be <laughs> to survive a magical transformation. But you, you got to ask them, not me. Okay. <laughs> So, Maury, mm -hmm. do you think it's okay if the body comes back kind of more broken than it was when we found it? Or is it? Is, does it need to be, like, pristine? I don't see why not. <laughs> I've always done fine without bones. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> so. Give me a medicine check at disadvantage, Maury. <laughs> <laughs> Maury thinks it's going to be all going to be fine. And that's a... Oh, an eight. One more. Could be worse. <laughs> uh, I did. The other one was a 17. Oh, okay. That I rolled. I rolled it with disadvantage. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. And the thing, it shows 2D20K, whatever the code is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. The um, It's just, I've been playing with these guys for two years. They haven't figured out how to roll advantage <laughs> or disadvantage natively in roll 20. So having you do it like <laughs> right off the cuff threw me really pretty significantly. Um, <laughs> two years of just roll it twice. Just, just, <laughs> just roll it twice with the... Okay, so everybody takes their positions in the cart. Ham Jam gives Champagne Pink a slap on the ass for luck as they head over to the pit. 
The pit stop location is on the point where the track from the Western Loop, where it turns back around to go back into the Field of Madness from south to north, there is a pit area, not an actual pit. There's plenty of those inside the Field of Madness, where if the cart is particularly damaged or one of you is particularly damaged, then you would be able to drop the person or get the cart repaired there. Then it would go from there. All right, you guys hop into the cart, pull up to the line, and everybody everybody gets into their starting positions. Now, eagle-eyed listeners might notice there's some inconsistency with the acceleration rules from the last episode to this episode. And I would remind those listeners, a wizard did it and or sometimes it's easier to change the number on the fly to make the squares line up. Don't be mean. Announcements for this episode. A reminder that we stream Mondays at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. No, we don't do an actual play. We do variety shows. We do Q&As. We do character creation, exercises, any number of other things. Community interviews, you name it. Head over to twitch.com slash gmdlcast to check us out. We're a fun group of people. So fun, in fact, that it would behoove you to hang out with us. Now, patrons get VIP access to our Discord, but anyone can join now. So get on down there in that link in the show notes below and hop into our community and meet just a wonderful group of people. Not only are our patrons funny and contribute well to the community, they step up when we need them to. And I'm telling you, I have never been more proud of a group of people that when Jeremy Cobb was reading off the list of people who followed him on the day he got over the affiliate threshold count on Twitch, and the back half of that list is a who's who of the rogues gallery of our crew, fuck, I was proud. So thanks so much, gang, for doing that, first of all. And for the rest of you who aren't hanging out with that crew, get on up in there, either by supporting the Patreon or by clicking that link. And hey, while you're out there on the internet, clicking on things, I mean, you're in the neighborhood, go ahead and swing by whichever podcast platform provides you with your entertainment and rate, review, and subscribe. Or, you know, maybe leave a review, which is in rate, review, and subscribe, but I feel like I should call it out extra words because it's called typing of words. And I said it now and don't want to go back and edit that part. Your feedback makes it all worthwhile to the algorithms that tell other people we're important. So yeah, it kind of should do it. And hey, we recently did a cast cosplay photo shoot with Chris Tarango from Visual Butter Photography in Naryard. Check out links in the show notes below for Chris's content. Chris and I go way back and a super creative guy, legitimately stand-up person. Love the stuff that he's done with Naryard and we are going to have some blazing fucking amazing content coming out in the socials in the coming weeks. So get over to Instagram, give us a follow. Go ahead and give it over to Threads and give us a follow too at GMDLcast on that and on Facebook. We're still keeping Twitter alive for now, but I mean, fuck, we're followers. We uh, we like the herd, you know? It's comfy in the herd. It's warm. Gail, shoulder to shoulder, get cozy. The big herd. So we may end up spending more time on threads than, than Twitter as long as it keeps doing what it's doing. Yeah, I know it's run by a different internet billionaire jackass, but it's not Musk. So there's that. Cool. And with that moral low bar, let's get back to the show.
So going from the left end of the line up to the right, you have the elven cart with the one guy that you identified as a ranger, the little fate creature, the hobgoblin, and that weirdly dressed satyr. Then up next is the goblin cart, which basically looks like this shining, perfectly smooth, curved arc of obsidian that has these bright red and blue lines running down the side of it. You can't actually see any of the goblins. They've all climbed inside, but the thing hums with stored up energy. Next to that is the Warforge that converted into a big cart. Then you guys are in the middle. Right to the right of you is the kobold cart, which looks like something out of... Is that cart with a K? Kobold with a K? Kobold with a K, yeah. Kobold with a K, cart with a K as well. Like something out of Cartoons Magazine, This they've managed to somehow put these giant exhaust pipes that spit flames out of it. There are a number of kobolds clinging to different positions within the cart, but the driver looks like somebody who might have been a little bit paunchy, but has boiled away the fat and hardened themselves up a little bit. Definitely larger proportions than a kobold, seems more like a humanoid wearing the solid red dragon plate armor that you, you can't see his face, but he's just glaring at fate the entire time as he takes his position at the front of the cart. Then you have the dwarven vehicle, which looks like they've taken off the wheels. It's this quadrupedal. Like the legs from that DARPA robot mm-hmm. yeah. instead of wheels is on there. And it's got this weird kind of clanky gait. You've got a dwarf, their princess, the Soriel, and the Myconid. The elves cart looks like basically a giant wooden tricycle. They've taken the two front wheels and kind of pushed them together, but it has a big curving prow like a horse at the front of it. Then you have right past the kobolds are the humans, which are five humans in a red robe, a white robe, a black robe, a blue robe, and a green robe, all wearing these featureless plain masks so you can't see their faces. One past them are the turtles. There is one just huge, massive turtle up at the front of it, and then a skeletal, uh, what you would swear is an undead turtle, and then three other turtle warriors. Slightly past them is the uh, the halfling VW bus that, again, just you thought a lot of smoke was rolling out of it before. <laughs> You're not even sure how it got up to the line. It pretty much just rocked up to the line. Oh, no. Uh, because that van is a rockin' <laughs> as well as a knockin'. We are pretty much at the start. So rather than initiative or anything like that, everybody's going to do a driving check to see how they come off the line. Basically, it's a uh, DC 10 check. Todd, you normally would have made this at disadvantage because your pentahedron ability, which speeds you up, also makes you somewhat impatient. Mm. And you have disadvantage on any checks which require patience. (laughs) But Maury's uh, spell that she cast on you uh, is actually going to make this a flat roll for you. You'll have advantage on the checks going forward. That boosts. <laughs> and there's no dex bonus on this. This is just a flat roll. So it's if you get a 10 or higher, you're good. If you get a 9 or lower, you spin out. Oh, so it's a d20? Okay. Yeah, it's a d20. You'll, you'll spin out and you won't you won't get a good... So we'll wait till everybody... <laughs> okay, I'll wait. <laughs> okay, nope, that counts. That counts. All right, nope, that's perfect. <laughs> you, just, you, just, you just said wait. No, no, no. So... so let me roll for everybody else real quick. Really, Todd? And then we'll reveal what you just got. <laughs> I didn't roll, but I didn't roll. Really, Todd? I, nope, nope, it counts. Nope, there's no going back on that. Sorry. You know this is recorded, so we could just say I didn't roll. No, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> All right, so just going down the line real quick. The shy humans get a 15. They come off the line okay. The turtles get a net 20. They get a speed boost coming off the line. <laughs> Damn it. Mm. The kobolds get an 11. They come off the line okay. 
the dwarves natty one spun out. Ooh. They spin out completely and will start at zero speed. You hear one of them go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> the elves get a 10 and will come off the line. Okay. The halflings don't even bother. The Warforged gets a 10 and will come off the line. Okay. The goblins also nat want it. And you hear their vehicle power down and arguing immediately starts from the inside. <laughs> the humans are okay. Way to beef it, Todd. The turtles are boost. The kobolds are okay. Or the dwarves are zero, actually, for the nat one. God, I got two nat ones on that. That's so funny. The elves are okay. The halflings were not even trying. The warforged is okay. And then the goblins are zero. Okay. So, Todd, what was that you got on your roll there, buddy? What was that? Uh, what was your, your first roll? Roll 20 jibbed me and gave me a, a four. <laughs> okay. So, a fairy flaps down. It has like a pan pipe in its mouth. And you hear it go, and at which point Todd just guns it. <laughs> and it's just been revving the entire time. And you just, and spin out. So Gotta wait for that second light to disappear, man. <laughs> and then you hear, bring, and everybody jumps off the line. The good news is there are two other carts that did worse than you and actually popped it in reverse. Oh. You are just going to start off at half speed. So your starting speed is going to be... Oh, that half doesn't go well with 135. So 70. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever is easier for the fucking map. So, so Todd, go ahead and move your two squares. The way this will work, there'll be a move phase where you drive your cart. Then there'll be an action phase where each player on the cart can take an action against the other team if they, they're in range and they have the opportunity to do or whatever the case is. Um, and then we will move on back to the next movement phase and keep going at that point, right? And then the way that will work for the guys that are on the tower, basically, you'll get a full round of your actions within the action phase. And then when that goes back to the next move phase, that'll be basically the next turn. Make sense? Questions, comments? All right. So, Todd, you moved your two squares. The shy humans are going to move their 100. Is everybody starting at 100 except for you guys? The turtles are going to move their 1, 2, 3, 4. The kobolds are going to move up alongside you for their turn. The dwarves go nowhere. Actually, the turtles move an extra square because they get the bonus. The elves are warforged. We're going to move in a little bit tighter. The goblins go nowhere and the halflings go nowhere. Okay. So after our first round, you guys are starting to accelerate. The kobolds pull up next to you, slowing to match your speed. Todd, you can, during the action, choose to take either a defensive driving or aggressive driving posture. If you're taking a defensive driving posture, it'll basically give you a plus two to your AC against any attacks against you or the vehicle. If you take an aggressive driving posture, you can make a driving check to you know, nudge because, you know, nudging is carding. I don't know. You can make a, a you know, a driving move. Mm -hmm. We're going to go around the cart. We'll go kind of the same way that the cart is aligned. Baba, Eldrin, Fate, Mori. Baba, are you doing anything during the action round? No. Eldrin, anything during the action round? Can I shoot the driver of the cobalt cart? You absolutely can take a shot at the driver of the cobalt cart. We are going to do that. How far away are they? Are they like right next to us? I mean, they are right next to you guys. Yeah, they've pulled up right alongside you. So you're going to have to shoot past Baba, which again, isn't a problem unless you roll an at one, uh, or we'll say a three or less, just because it's a little bit, a little bit more fun in my basket. <laughs> Can I use my bonus action to put Planar Warrior on this shot, or do I just get a regular shot? I'm going to say with the way that this is, this is working out just for the video game aspect of it, you get a action 
Yeah, I don't want this to turn into like a massive, yeah, yeah. a massive deal. So let's just say, like, if you've got multi-attack, you would get both your attacks. Okay, that's cool. The caveat to that is you can take an action or bonus action, right? You just can't do both. Gotcha. Okay. And reactions are still up for grabs. Cool. Uh, yeah, I will take my uh, my bow and I will fire a shot at the driver of the cobalt cart. Okay. We got a, that's a 28. That will hit. I will take a second shot. That's also a 28. That will also hit. Nice. And then I will not be using my Quoth Bow. So 20 total damage. Okay. Okay. So I am targeting this man's hands uh, while he is driving. I'm going to shoot him right in the hand so he loses his grip on the steering wheel. Uh, So I will shoot the left hand first and then the right hand for uh, 20 damage. The arrows zing in. He manages to pass his driving check to not lose control of the vehicle. So you see him do a little, (laughs) little jerk with the car, but is able to really knuckle down on his grip with his left hand, but his right hand, he points at you and flips you off. Oh! And I'm going to need you to give me a dexterity save as you're getting hellish rebuked. Oh, no! <laughs> by our boy Ooh. on the cart. All right, dexterity save. These are ones I do like. That is a 24 on the deck save. All right, so that's 22 damaged, have to 11 as he goes to flip him off and these flaming wings that look a little bit like the kobolds arches form around his fingers and then go flapping out. Oh, no. And smash into Eldrin, but Eldrin is able to quickly bat out the flames and only take half damage. Fate, it is your action. Um, fuck. Uh, Ray of... You've only had like a half hour to think about what you were going to do when we got to you. That's cool. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but what I want to do is still not a good idea, so I'm just... (laughs) You don't have to act. If you want to pass, you can pass. Final pass. All right, Maury, you doing anything on the action sequence? Um, so I'm at the back left, so I'll cast Rhymes Binding Ice at the cart. Ooh, which cart? And uh, it's at the Kobold oh. cart. They're the one right next to us, right? Okay, yep, yep. Let's see. It's in a 30-foot cone. Not sure how that translates here, how many of them I can get. You're going to get the entire cart. Sick. Uh, they have to make con saves. What's your DC? A uh, sixteen. And uh, I'm sorry. What what is what happens? On a failed save, a creature takes three d eight cold damage and is hindered by ice formations for one minute or until another creature Ooh. within reach of it uses an action to break away the ice. Um, a creature hindered by ice has its speed reduced to zero. On a successful save, creature takes half as much damage and isn't hindered by ice. So two of the kobold inventors get frozen solid. The paladin kobold guy looking fella driving nat twenties on the save. If it was higher damage, I was going to make him roll a higher DC on his driving check. He rolled a 12 on his di- driving check, which will be enough to pass in this particular case. So is he not, does the driver not one of the frozen ones? No, he nat 20 his save. Sorry. Damn. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I think Maury sees the hellish rebuke happen kind of across the front of her. Somebody like throwing something like through a car window, like across you at your friend. <laughs> and you're, you're just mad. And um, <laughs> she turns and like this is rhymes binding ice but that's not really her she's more gooey and kind of psychic based but i do think she's thinking about that fire and like a cold goo like uh mm. you know like if, if you busted open an ice pack that was like gel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she like mm-hmm. shoots that way and just kind of glorps <laughs> Onto them. <laughs> I gorps. Like the foam sprayed out of the Ghostbusters 2 fucking goo packs, but slightly chilly. <laughs> oh. Two of the kobolds are completely ice gooped up and can't move. 
there's not a windshield, but somehow for some reason there is a windshield wiper <laughs> and it clicks on and it wipes him clear and the other two start, <laughs> uh, start shaking theirs off. And then that's going to bring us to the other cards actions. The other cards aren't taking any particular actions this turn except for the kobolds. And rather than throw crazy kobold inventor stuff at you, they are going to spend their turn clearing out their friends. So good job in that front. You definitely saved the, you from from getting like skunks or some we or bees. The bees thrown at Eldrin again. Oh, not the bees. <laughs> we know what a fan he is of the bees. All right. So that's going to bring us back to our next movement phase, just going from the top to bottom. The shy humans with a speed of three, their max speed is 175 with an impelability. It takes them two rounds to get there. So what's their impelability? Is the same as ours? You guys notice? The human's cart seems to not have the same stats as everybody else. It seems like for some reason the humans have an unfair advantage in the evaluative derby. Huh. <laughs> huh. Hmm. Oh. Carrying forth the heavy-handed fucking metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> it's subtle, y'all. It's real, real subtle. So they're going to go five. You see them veer in a little bit more towards the center course, clearly headed towards one of the mystery boxes. The turtles, their top speed is slightly higher, but their acceleration doesn't seem to be anywhere near as good. It takes them four rounds to get up to full speed, so they're just going to go 125, but they had that speed boost at the beginning to remember. The kobolds are... Uh, actually, Todd, you go and do your move. I'm sorry, I should have let you go first. So you guys, with your impelability at, at a four... You get up to full speed in one round, so you're able to move 175 this round. Nice. As I give them the finger, pass them seven. <laughs> who, who are you giving the finger? The human. Okay. All right. Let's remember <laughs> that the listeners can't see the map. The human. The human's got the finger. All right. The humans get the finger as you go driving by in a very, whatever that weird movie is with the boat race at the end from the 80s, One Crazy Summer, I think maybe. It's got Bobcake Goldweight in a Godzilla costume. <laughs> they flip you off as you pass them as well. <laughs> There's a regatta at the end of that. What the fuck, 80s? <laughs> so that brings us to the kobolds. The kobolds have got a speed of two, uh, which means their max speed is 150, and an impelability of four, which means they also get up to full speed this round. So they are going to move a 150 and are now right up at the rear of your cart instead of alongside you. Oh, no. And then that brings us to the dwarves. The dwarves have a very low speed and a medium impelability. Mario and his Luigi are only going to move 50 this round, as clearly legs were a bad idea. <laughs> I'm not sure why they brought legs to a wheel race, but they did. <laughs> the elves have a medium speed and high acceleration. They're going to go on 125. The Warforged uh, has got a speed of 175, impelability of a 2. So he's going to go 125. The goblins, uh, speed of four, impalability of two. Uh, so they're going to move uh, 150. That is action round. Harland, stay in the course or defensive or aggressive? Aggressive driving. All right. So that means with where you're currently positioned, you could slam onto the brakes and let the kobolds bump into you, which would trigger a driving check on their part. If they pass that driving check, that means they would be able to board easily the next round. If they fail that driving check, that means they could possibly veer into the humans or the elves. Really? Ooh, this could go. Slam on brakes. Yeah, do it. Slam on the brakes. All right, slam on the brakes. We'll do this as a contested driving check. And of course, you have advantage. Thanks to Maury. Give me uh, your driving check. That's dexterity. Roll twice. Give me the higher number. All right. 14 is the first one. Not terrible, but not great. Ooh, nat 20. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Woo! Oh, 
Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nat 20. Plus one for Maury. All right. On the on MVP. I'm keeping, tra- keeping track now. <laughs> <laughs> keeping track now. Look, you know, seriously, like if, if Tori comes in and just sweeps the MVPs of season three for some fucking reason, it'll be a real testament to how poorly you guys have played these last two years. <laughs> so. Can Todd's little cat ears just like get really serious? Maybe they like us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they fold back. As he leans into the car. Tuck back, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Todd, you slam on the brakes, the kobold cart. Roll a d20 and tell me high or low, somebody. High. Okay. You got to roll it. Yeah, you roll the d20. Somebody roll a d20. Oh, I got to roll the d20? All right. You're not very good at these. Yeah, of course. See? So, so that means he's swerving into the humans. You slam onto the brakes, Todd. To keep from crashing into you, he takes a hard left instead of slamming on the brakes himself which leads him into the path of the humans. The humans have to do a quick driving check to see if they can avoid. They score a 10. They do not pass. The kobolds and humans crash into each other, reducing their speed to zero this round. Hell yeah. Which means they're going from a flat start next round. I mean, you can see what that did to the poor dwarves. Starting from zero, that's that's a real challenge on the acceleration side of things. The kobolds and humans are stymied. Good news is you're gonna get to jump on them in the next movement round. Bad news is now all the robed humans are flipping you off as well. Me? I didn't run into them. That's going to bring- What what are their like hands look like coming out of the the robes? Are they- Do they have little gloves on or anything? Oh, fuck. You're going to make me Google shy guy hands? Hold on. This possibly couldn't come up in a bad situation. (laughs) (laughs) Shy guys don't have hands. (laughs) The robes just seem to be sewed closed at the end. So it's just they have these robe-like flippers. Those might be seals in there. You're not 100% sure. (laughs) (laughs) The kobolds are pretty much out of the action round because of that. The humans are going to look over at you, though, and they're going to spend their action round on you. Do the rest of us in the car act? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I forgot. Baba, are you going to do anything in the action round? Uh, Baba's just hanging his head out the window. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I'm saving my strength for the mission at hand. Win the race? Is that not? No, no, that's not the mission at hand. The mission at hand is to get the body. For y'all. First you get the body, then you win the race, <laughs> then you get the Ognum. Is that a euphemism? Eldrin, any actions during your round? I don't think there's any reason not to shoot the <laughs> driver of the human car. I have infinite arrows. I'm going to shoot the driver of the human car. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm going to shoot the driver. Roll to hit. I'm using up all my good rolls. 18. <laughs> a magical glowing shield appears around him and your arrow bounces off. Make your second attack. And I'm going for two. <laughs> then I'm not not going to do that, Ty. That's a 15. <laughs> your second arrow bounces off the same glowing shield. Fate, any action during the action round? Yes, 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 yes. Um, so the goblin and human cards are both like directly behind us in a heap. Yes. The goblin and kobold cards, after they got tangled up a little bit and, and crunched into each other a little bit, they've swapped positions a little bit. To give you the lay of the field, slightly ahead of you on the left, the turtles are trundling towards the first row of mystery boxes. From south to north, you've got the kobolds, which are struggling to get control of their vehicle again. The humans, slightly north to them. Then there's you guys, slightly ahead of those two. Just right behind you are the elves in their equine-looking tricycle. A couple of paces back, directly behind the elves, is the transformed Warforge. A couple of paces back behind him are the goblins moving basically down the main thoroughfare. And then behind the goblins are the dwarves. Uh, The halflings are still back at the line. 
but you do see the smoke seems to have stopped pouring out of their vehicle, and the van, in fact, is no longer rocking. They die? <laughs> uh, what you do, Fate? All right. Well, because this race has so much real meaning, but also because race means nothing, I will be now accosting the elves to help further me and my compatriots. And Thunderwave. Counterspelled. Oh, of course. <laughs> you see the princess step up and wave her arms in the air, desperately trying to get the developer's attention so they'll finally let you play as her during a game in the future, and your spell fizzles on the vine. Mm-mm. You bitch. Counterspell. Oh, very nice. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So give me the description of Thunderwave Fate. So Thunderwave, a 15-foot cube of wave of thunderous force sweeps out from me, each creature in a 15-foot cube originating from me must make a constitution saving throw. So here's the devil's bargain on this. You're standing in the back of a cart with a wall. I will let you cast this thunder wave on the cart that is technically 25 feet away from you, right next to you. Um, You have two choices here. You can clip the back of the cart, which is going to make Todd do a driving check real quick. Pretty standard DC. Or you can lean out a little bit over the edge of the cart. (laughs) Give me a low DC... I will say athletics check for your core strength. Oh, not athletics. And not have to make Todd make the check. He's going to he's gonna fall. I'm letting you know we're not coming back. For- he's going to turn into chance if he does something like this. He's going to fuck up. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's really good at driving. I have a feeling. Did you see his little ears? Oh, okay. 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 Hold on. Hold on. I just want to double check something. I just want to double check something. Todd, like a dad on a road trip. We're not stopping. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) So I just want to double check a thing. Is Turner remembering to calculate in the fact that fate can craft his magic around shit and not hit the back of this card? Is fate sucking the fun out of the fucking podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that's Jazz playing the character, you know, that's, that's really, uh, yeah, yeah, that is, that is really some method fucking work. Yeah. We've had conversations about the size of stuff you can and cannot exempt with your spell shaping. The trade-off there was technically they're out of range. Yeah, they're out of range, yeah. They because each square is twenty five feet. Gotcha. Yeah, you know what? I'll give it to you. That's fine. Never mind. Uh, just uh, roll your damage, fate. No, he's gonna fuck you later. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, roll your damage. Have you heard our intros lately? Have you heard our intros lately? Yeah. Are we holding people accountable for their bits? You established that bit in season one. That's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> it is only seven points of damage and a DC 16 count save. No, nine points of damage, sorry. How much is the damage? Nine. Nine points of damage. All right. So here's the thing. The takes the nine points of damage to the cart, but then fails the driving check against your spell DC to not get their speed knocked down. So your wave of force blasts out. Tricycles, folks, three wheelers, pretty dangerous as it turns out, as the cart pops up on its back wheels and it's going to knock its speed down to zero. So they will also be at a zero speed at the jump next round. All right. I did it. That's cool. It's tingle time when it gets to their turn. Oh, no. Let's see. The shy humans, Todd. One of them in the back points at you and- Wait, do I still get my action? God damn it. I keep forgetting that there's more of you. That was a reaction. 
Maury's joke to be on an adventure just blowing her full load of spells. <laughs> you did say up top, you're like, reactions are up for grabs. Yeah, I will say they're up for grabs. That is correct. You gotta hold me accountable for that shit. So yes, Maury still gets her action. Maury is stoked to just be hanging out and just looks at Todd and is like, you're doing so good and you got a D6 party. Ah, there you go. Very nice. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. <laughs> you, you know how bardic inspiration works, right? Nope. But I don't. Try, don't I have to sing about it when you get it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, somebody might want to explain that to him. Uh, I'm just gonna use the D6 for anything. Just like, yeah, hey, just throw six on that. <laughs> throw, put, some, put some six on it. I got six on it. Six on it. I was like, who's gonna sing it? It's not gonna be me this time. <laughs> All right, so. The blue-robed human in a white mask stands up in the back of the cart, raises his arms up, and a hail of rock-hard ice pounds to the ground in a 20-foot radius, a 40-foot high cylinder centered on a point within range. That point is your cart. Each creature in the cylinder needs to give me a dexterity saving throw. Todd, you won't make a dexterity saving throw. You will make a cart driving check. Nice nice way of making not making me use evasion. Yep, yep. Look at that. <laughs> Good nice way of doing that. Look at that. It's almost as if it was engineered to take care of that. I see what it is. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Good move. So still a saving throw, right? Or is it a cart move? It's your driving check, yeah. It's your driving check plus your decks against the DC of the wizard. So that's advantage and plus one D6 if you need it. Throw some six on it. Spell save DC is going to be a 15. 15. Oh, fuck. Oh. All right, but at advantage. Counterspell? I'll go, I'll go first. Counterspell, though. Oh, well, well. Did you already use your reaction or no? Uh-uh. I did not. You did not. No, you haven't. Yeah, you can use your reaction to counterspell then. <sighs> All right, his spell fizzles on the vine then. <sighs> Now they really hate, now they really hate. We just blowing through spell slots. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Early in the match. We were like, like, <laughs> yeah. And these are the, you heard me debating it. I, we're going to get blue shelled at the end of this thing and there's going to be nothing to save us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've got advantage plus six roll. And he's just like, yeah, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to roll them dice, buddy. Yeah. But we'd all have to roll deck saves, right? Like that's what he's. Yeah. 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 That's, that's. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that part would suck. So I, I appreciate the appreciate that fate. I do. Maury sees this spell <laughs> starting to be cast and <laughs> just falls out of her chair. <laughs> <laughs> Having rolled my deck save as the counterspell is going and got a five. <laughs> <laughs> How does fate counterspell their fate? Um, he but actually the uh, the fact that they're even considering casting the spell. It's like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a hundred percent appropriate. That is a hundred percent. Yeah, you know, that is, that's interesting that you would think that, but actually, we're just going to keep driving, so thank you guys, bye. <laughs> yeah, yes. Actually, uh, you know, the weather in this area this time of year does not allow for this kind of accumulation. Uh, so, yeah, that spell fizzles from the elf cart. A little tiny arrow goes swooping out towards Fate while he's well actualing the human cart. Fate does a 17 hit. Uh, yeah, yeah, it hits. Okay, you're going to take... One point of piercing damage, but I'm going to need you to give me a constitution saving throw as Uh-oh. you hear, hey, <laughs> listen, asshole. I knew it. <laughs> and a little tiny arrow sticks into the back of your neck like a fucking trank dart. <laughs> okay, con save. 
How close is Baba to me? I was wondering. I was go- <laughs> 22. You didn't need it. <laughs> Dang. Okay. All right. We good. We good. <laughs> I was going to let you roll first for dramatic effect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You feel a little bit drowsy for a second. For one moment, you're like, oh, you're crazy, man. But then you pull the dart out and are, are able to get it together. <laughs> get a fucking dart in your neck. I love, I love you guys. Got a freaking dart in your neck. Got a fucking dart in your neck for just one second. And then you hear <laughs> the battle cry you are all dreading to hear. Uh-oh. A chill runs down Eldrin's back mysteriously. You hear, <laughs> it's tingle time. I hate it. <laughs> As the weird satyr goes, scrambling across the front of their vehicle. And Todd, give me a drive check against a DC-15 so you can bob out of the way and prevent this guy from jumping into the back of the cart. Oh, we don't want him in here. <laughs> like, normally satyrs don't wear pants, but this guy is in this weird solid green jumpsuit with this weird curling top hat. He's a creep. <sighs> it didn't go well. Todd! It didn't go well. Todd, Todd didn't roll well. Didn't go well. Nine. Was it a 15? Can you add the, the... I would have to get... I'd have to roll a six on it. You'd have to roll a six? Yeah. You want to you wanna try? You want to go with it? I mean, no. You rolled a nine and eight. I don't trust that. Uh, it's better than having Tingle back here. Go for the six. Can I... Can I... Can I kill Tingle? All right. Here we go. I'm Like I said, I'm not rolling it over in this crap. This might get Todd an MVP vote <laughs> from Eldrin. Uh, <laughs> D6. Let's go. It's rolling bad. Three. Oh! Oh! oh. Didn't I? Oh. Todd does that thing at a stop sign where it's like, am I going? Are you going? Am I going? Am you going? Are you going? And just hesitates just enough for the green unitard clad uh, satyr who lands in the back of your carts, locks eyes with Eldrin and goes, I just, I feel a special bond. Dance with me. Wait, 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 wait. Can't Todd roll a D4 on his dex rolls? Can't. Wait. Not, nope. <laughs> nope. That's charisma for Todd. Everybody thinks it. Oh, fuck, fuck. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Didn't didn't he also have Bardic? Get him out of here. I use my. No, he just rolled the Bardic. Good to, give me a charisma saving throw, Eldrin. No. DC 15. Oh my God. I have a negative one to charisma. <laughs> Do you know this guy? <laughs> I don't like this guy. <gasps> ah! uh, it's 15. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. You have, a, you have a plus three to that anyway. <laughs> he does, starts doing this weird little tap dance, but it's got a, just a obnoxious amount of flourishes and spins for it. It's not. Uh, he's so awkward. And is uh, really starting to grind on Eldrin a little bit, oh. but Eldrin r- resists uh, joining back in with him. So <laughs> that will actually end the action phase and bring us back to the movement phase. Because I'm, I'm running over one of these boxes. Yes, you are. <laughs> okay, give me a driving check. <laughs> We're going to get fucking coins. <laughs> Ooh, DC 10 driving check is failed, but you do have advantage on it. Yes. As I make a mental note to hit Mari the next time around. I- <laughs> 19. <laughs> 19. <laughs> You're able to swerve into it. Because I'm, I'm at full speed yet? Yeah, you guys are full speed. I'm going right, guys. Right or left? Nope, nope, nope. Todd makes this decision. I'm going right. <laughs> Todd makes this decision. Right looks shorter. It, it does. So I'm guessing more peril. Probably going to more more bad stuff. <laughs> yep, I'm right here. Mm-hmm. With the, What did I get in the box? 
What's in the box? It's a severed head. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Always a severed head. Always a severed head. Give me a D8 roll and subtract five on it since you're up front and then add one back in for your uh, your special set. What? <laughs> yeah, there's a minus five penalty to the special roll when you're in first place. He's, he's doing that that balance. Uh, minus three. Bah. So that we're, And then add plus. So you get a one. Yeah, so you get a one. Coins. You veer into the box, it shatters open, and ten gold hits you in the face, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking. And then mysteriously lands in your bank account. Plus ten gold for Todd. As you pull alongside the pyramid, Mm. you're racing along the track, and you finally reach the point where you're going to be entering the fields of madness. Drive through the arch, which has been widened. It has these pennants hanging over it. It's, It's really quite festive. Get to the first fork. Todd makes an executive decision, swerves right, and you notice right there, dead center, where the road forks, is a massive stone pyramid. Where is my mummy at? Oh, fuck. What was that thing mummies have? That that curse shit. Is that the name of it? Curse shit? Is that the state? Curse shit, yo. <laughs> it, well, no, there's a, there's a thing they got that Moyle ran into once. It was bad. The mummy rat stuff? Yes. Yeah. So- He's up at the top and you see him cast his hand outward and this stream of sand comes billowing out from him. Pocket sand. Yeah. And it's like really questionable magical CGI where it makes a face and it makes it go, I can't believe you like these movies. Uh, and then it goes to hit Todd in the face. Todd, give me a DC 15 driving check. Oh no, the pocket sand from long range. Driving checks are getting on my nerves. Buddy, that's the mechanic of this moment. <laughs> 19. <laughs> driving. <laughs> which is enough to pass. You don't need to roll the second time. So Todd is able to close his eyes and barrels through the sand. Doesn't tell anybody. So the rest of y'all just get this, this, this sand washes over you. <laughs> the magic has gone from it at that point, but you guys just look dusty as if you've been out on a road uh, rally race. Mm. Todd has visors that he just flips down like Dwayne Wade. Not Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade. <laughs> <laughs> Glasses, he just flips them down. God goes to get the sand out. <laughs> Is Tingle still in the cart? Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tingle's still in the cart. We'll get. We'll address that during the action phase. We're going to be able to movement phase <laughs> real quick. Shy humans are at zero speed. So with an impelability of three, they are going to only get to move three squares this round. They are going to grab this box. And then uh, they are going to make a quick driving check to see if they can grab the other one. Oh, they miss it. They don't get it. The turtles now are going to zoom past them and try and grab one. They are able to pick it up. You see the turtles veer past the humans, grab the third box. Uh, let me see what the turtles' total speed is. Oh, God, these guys are fast. Uh, they go 200. Uh, so they're right up next to you. God damn it. The mummy doesn't attack them. They got a fucking time, man. <laughs> you see their box break open and they are holding a banana in front of them. So, uh, and then they are going to try and drive and avoid the mummy. Yes, the mummy throws the sand at everybody, Todd. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he does not get hit as well. So he's able to be okay there. The kobolds are also starting from zero. Only got a speed of two, but they've got an impelability of four. So they're immediately back up to full speed this round at 150, 25, 50, 75, 100. Try and grab the box. 15, they are able to get it. You don't see what he gets. The dwarves are now at full speed, uh, which is only 100 for them. Uh, The dwarves move up. The clank, 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 the weird toddling waddle back and forth. You hear the princess going, damn it, Mario. This is our damn it, Orion. This was a dumb idea. The uh, the elves are going to start accelerating again. 
their speed is a three. No boxes for them to grab. The humans, even though they missed the box, are parked where it would be, so they're not able to get their hands on it. The Warforged is already at full speed at 175. The Warforged pulls past the pack, blazing past the elves and the kobolds, and starts to close on you guys. The halfling's cart is active now, and they seem to have gotten onto the road, but they are going the wrong direction, it seems. <laughs> the pixie is flying in front of them with like a sign on a fish hook that has a U-turn symbol on it, just <laughs> making a bunch of noise at them. You know how at the at the Disney parks, the like Tinkerbell at the end of the fireworks show is a really big guy on a thing to go down the zip line? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's exactly what it is. And then the goblins finally get going, and their Tron-esque light cycle shoots off. So they launch forward at full speed and catch up to the pack. So we have a cluster of everybody by the loot boxes with the Warforged at the front of that little cluster pack. And then the turtles right alongside you guys with a uh, banana. Uh, and you guys got your 10 gold. Action sequence time. Todd, offensive or defensive driving? O- offensive. 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 <laughs> offensive (laughs) (laughs) all right you're alongside somebody now as you look around you guys have have curved past the the right fork the uh, mummy came out of the pyramid uh dusted some sand at you you look around and the the ever-shifting weird nature of the uh, the fields of madness you guys appear to be driving in sand dunes right now so you could attempt to sideswipe the turtles vehicle and you guys will do another contested driving check whoever fails will get knocked into the sand off the side of the track We'll go to zero speed. We'll move at 50% speed their next turn. 13. Advantage. 13. And? Ooh. Ooh, 13. Not good one that time, Todd. 12 for the turtles, though. Oh! Oh! (laughs) Oh, it's good enough. It's good enough. It's good enough. (laughs) 12 for the turtles. (laughs) Me. <laughs> That's what my horn sounds like when I push it. <laughs> 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 the uh, the turtles card is is pretty weird. Their wagon has been shaped and painted to look like a giant clown head. There's this weird low fog that sits underneath it. It's being driven forward by more propellers than you would expect, and you guys slam into each other. The carts grinding up against the side. A couple of them try and grab fate and pull them onto their cart, but just right at that moment, Todd gives this a little bit of extra nudge to end the tail of the cart, swings around and bonks them into the sand, moving them one square over, basically off the track, causing them to go at 50% speed their next turn. Baba, do you want to take any action this round? Yeah, I want to do something about Tingle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I will cast Command with the word Exit. (laughs) Okay. Uh, To... Wisdom 15. You know, Tingle has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magics as a satyr. Oh my god. But he doesn't have any bonus to his wisdom save. 16 on the first roll, 8 on the second. So he is able to... Damn it. (laughs) Thought he was gone. No, something tells me he's here to stay. That was the quickest way to do that. Eldrin, he is in melee range with you, so any shots you would take would be a disadvantage. (laughs) Son of a bitch. What is... Your move, sir. Can you just throw him out? Can I do a contested strength trick to toss him? Mm. You absolutely can grapple this guy and try and toss him off. <laughs> if you want to toss off Tingle, that is entirely your prerogative. Oh, man. I really fucking don't like this guy. Um, <laughs> something about his face just makes you want to punch it. Yeah, you know what? Let's just 
Get him off the car. Let's just toss him out. Okay. Throw him at the club. Give me a grapple check and he will resist with either athletics or acrobatics. So is this just a strength roll? What is... Uh... Uh, when you want to grapple a creature or wrestle with it, you can use the attack action to make a special melee attack, a grapple. If you're able to make multiple attacks with the attack action, this attack replaces one of them. The target of your grapple must be no more than one size larger than you. He's a little bit shorter. In fact, how tall is Eldrin? Five... 10, 5'11", 5'10". Yeah, so his face is basically right above your belt, almost right at crotch level as you go into tackling. Mm. So yeah, you basically give me an athletics roll. Athletics roll. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's an eight. Okay. Uh, we are going to see if he can escape now. Uh, uh, 14. Yep, he squirms around. He goes, oh, oh, we're, we're, oh, we're roughhousing. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. You do have your second attack. Grab him again. Ooh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> grab it. So you see. <laughs> I don't like it. Full roll. Don't like it. This is it. The race is getting saucy. Oh, come on. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. It's worse. Oh, it's 10. I don't think Eldon really wants him to leave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, oh. That ones. I look him in the eyes and I just shake my head no, and I just <laughs> grab him by like the back of his shirt, like a, like a bouncer, and I just <laughs> throw him off the throw him off the side. He lands face first into the sands, and there's just these green little fawn legs and a unitard kicking for a moment, and he starts to th- sink down and disappear into the sands, like he's being sucked underneath somehow. You see his head pop up for a second. He's like, I thought we were friends that could fold <laughs> laundry together and then sinks into the sand <laughs> and disappears entirely. So he is gone forever, you monster. <laughs> uh, fate actions this round. Well, now that Tingle's dealt with, um, Fate's actually feeling pretty safe. He's just going to just for... But he's also no fool. Um, he's going to take a quick glance around, make sure the area is clear of harm for him. Because he remembers what happened since the last time we were here, looking for that weird, twisting magic bullshit. But Baba just got one off, so we should be fine. Um, mage armor on myself, and then we're going to keep it pushing. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? 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 Did so? I'm sorry. Was that a perception check you were going to do, or what was? What was happening there? I was just noting that I, he was looking for the little weird ripple, but also noticing that Baba just spelled without issue. So Right, because you guys use the same kind of magic. Mm. No, so I'm not going to fuck you that way, but you do see across the way, <laughs> you do see that ripple. There are portions of the map where you can see the ripple. You're not currently in one. You're currently in the sand dunes. I will know when you're in the area, and you can ask that question when you come to, come to it or not. You cast Mage Armor, and your your bubble wrap suit appears. <laughs> Mori, action round. Can I like look if there's like something to possibly run into? I want to minor illusion a treasure box <laughs> behind us. Yeah. So we're to like try and uh, veer somebody off of. There is 100% a fake Mario Kart item box. <laughs> you can absolutely do that <laughs> well within the, yeah. the definition of the spell and the context of the lore. So what this is going to do, I'm assuming you're doing it at somebody behind you and not at the turtles across the way from you. Correct. Because I thought about it earlier and I figured like if everybody saw it happen, it is kind of like obvious. So <laughs> True, but this is a Warforged 
may not be the sharpest tool in the shed. We're sand cloud, right? So yeah, you guys are, are kicking up a huge amount of dust. And there's like that Hunter S. Thompson-y fear and loathing in Las Vegas where there's these clouds of dust right now billowing out from behind you while you guys are in the desert section. So you, you would be able to drop it. So you can either drop it on the left fork, the right fork, or in the center. In the center. So I'm going to have him do a driving check against your spell save DC. Since you put it in the center, if he fails... He is going to run into the pyramid. Yes. Which will give him disadvantage on his save against the mummy's check because the mummy will be pissed and knock his speed to zero. So uh, what is your spell save DC? 16. All right. Mm. Oh my God, a fucking two. <laughs> the, you hear the Warforged go, we've got this one, kids. Kids. I, I don't have a Captain Planet <laughs> voice. <laughs> Michael, I believe we've got this one. And you clack, clang, drive right through the box clang into the side of the pyramid you see the mummy go god damn it what the hell look around give him two extra fistfuls of sand curse 17 and a 16 still passes the same wow turns out robots <laughs> robots don't get dry eye damn clear eyes that mummy is useless the dice tell a story that mummy is useless right now <laughs> <laughs> you guys shit on everybody enough that there's not a whole lot of infighting between anybody at the back you guys have managed to shit on the elves, the kobolds, and the humans. The kobolds seem to have already have a grudge against you in the first place. Um, they are all busy accelerating and getting back up to speed this round, so none of them particularly do anything other than drive. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot we turned Dodd's tail into a butt plug and... That Jamie and I had a special moment in my Tingle persona this episode. Some of the wonders that you go back and when you edit something like six months after you record it, some of them bring you joy and some of them bring you horror. I'll let you judge which of those is which. And speaking of judging, it's time to judge and thank the generous fucking nailed that, nailed that transition. Did you hear that? Oh, fuck. I got that fucker pregnant. Time to thank our patrons who very generously support our show. So on that note, Daniel, Dat Roost, Ken, Kirk, Malohai, Mr. Smee, Sundance Sid, Todd has saved a special place on the Todd Rod just for you. You knew that where this was going. Like you had to, you had to know that's where this was going. A roboticized private eye, barred out of hell, Bryce, Cosmic Worm, Mr. Bible Pants, for fuck's sake, man, come on. It is, I'm not going to say Daniel Duncan at 4SC on Twitter, a congressional politician getting around ad rates one month at a time. Okay, you win this round. Dean, don't use good yarn on bad conspiracies. Dreken, Eric, Garubanicki, Miles, new names only. Maury's got a set of cat ears just for you. And Tori has got an evil chortle for all the hijinks she's got planned. You have no idea. It, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Gair, the sleepy Norwegian. Hannah, Yogan, Kalevi Helvetti. Fun fact, Kalevi Helvetti's sister, Kalevi Helvetica, we dated in high school. Loki the Angry Dwarf, Martian, Thomas Jacob. Look, the most important thing that you can know is that the cast photo shoot two years in the making is finally complete. So only one truth remains. Even though Jamie can defeat Tingle in the fantasy world, he cannot defeat the existence of Tingle time in the real world. Stay tuned. Like I said, if y'all aren't following us on socials, you're going to miss some shit. Andrew, Josh, Jazz may be sucking all the fun out of the podcast, but fate's blasting it right back in there. And he's doing that for you, just for you. Ben, it's been a pleasure. Bill, Gibbons Camp, Matt Ross, Professor Flattop, Saga, Zork Fox, 
Schist Kicker, and Alpha Patron Lee. Thank you for those of you that were able to make it to the Join the Party episode this season. If you weren't, we certainly understand that things come up, and we're going to find a way to get you into some cast-involved content, whether that's the Tournament of Champions, which we are launching this month, or maybe some Mario Kart or another Fortnite or something of that nature. We love playing with y'all, and we especially appreciate your patience with Baba spraying all over the place now. That plus three saving throw aura is how he marks his territory, and he's just got to spread that soon. So give him a couple episodes. The cast will remember doing it, and there'll be a lot less cat piss, metaphorically. So hey, what do these people get besides our weird, weird appreciation for their contribution? They get bonus lore content, bonus podcast episodes, bonus videos, the opportunity to play with the show, the opportunity to directly influence content that we have on the show by contributing item and subclass ideas. I mean, direct involvement. It's really cool. But for the first time this month, many of them are getting a thank you gift from us. That's right. Not something they purchased, something that we are gifting them as a show of genuine appreciation for their generosity. Eldrins are going to get a choice of a GMDL logo sticker or character decal. Fates are going to get that GMDL logo or character decal and have a mug, glass, or magnet in their future. And then Baba's and Mori's, which is the tier that we added for individuals who just want to qualify for the quarterly merch thank you at the Baba level, but know that their schedule doesn't permit them to participate or they just don't feel comfortable participating and the JTP episodes, but still want that sweet, sweet loot. We got a bunch of options for y'all. I'll be sending them out to you directly this weekend. So again, final reminder, if you are a Eldrin supporter or higher, please make sure that your mailing address is correct in the Patreon profile, or you're not going to get your stuff. So get fixed. But hey, man, look, situations change, right? The economy is still doing some weird stuff. Lord knows my day job is construction adjacent. I feel it. I hear you. It can be tough to find extra money to throw out a bunch of buffoons to tell magical stories for and make heavy-handed political satire with dragons. But you really can still help out our show. All you got to do is tell somebody about it. I'm not kidding, man. It It is as simple as that. You know, I was bragging about you guys earlier in the announcements about how you had an impact and how proud I was of you hopping out there and and contributing to support another show that that we have done a lot with and have an absolute appreciation for. That's a shining example of how just getting out there and supporting the shows that you love publicly can positively impact them. Seriously, tell somebody about the show. You've got friends that you know share your interests. You've got significant others that you may want to turn on and turn on to our show. I mean, why not both? Although if it is both, don't ever tell us because that is, we do not need to, we, we did, I mean, we would, you know, go ahead, you know, go ahead and tell us, but privately, discreetly, coworkers, which yeah, don't turn them on. Strangers, which I guess, okay, turn them on. Just use your discretion. Don't be intrusive and don't be a, a you know, like a pest. And I mean, if you're listening to this show, I think you know, there's a certain amount of character or lack of judgment that it really is kind of inherent to being one of our, our regular listeners and I mean, if you're still on at this point, I don't know if regular is really the word for you. It's late, guys. Anyway, th- that influence that you have by suggesting our show or by recommending our show, even if it's just described as listening to, to one man's slow and inevitable mental breakdown as he works through ways to talk about announcing the show, will influence 
one in five people to listen to our podcast. One in five. That's a conversion rate that most salespeople would kill for. If we don't have that, that's like losing one of the party of five, like Maury. And seriously, not a single one of you motherfuckers out there would raise your hand right now if I asked you if you'd be happier without Maury on the show. Yeah, that'd be your fault. So disappointed. That is truly the darkest timeline. So tell somebody about the show, gmdlcast.com forward slash listen. It's as simple as that. That references every major podcast player. Tweet that link, thread it, social it, bop it, twist it, get it out there. But you know what ultimately means the most to us? That you listened, that you joined us in our little corner of the actual play universe. We really absolutely do sincerely appreciate it. And most of all, hope you enjoyed the show. (laughs) 